0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you, because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. And so there's no accident that it's as we learn language as children that's when ego is developing. And I'd say it probably works in this kind of infinity circle. There's language and then a sense of self, and then the sense of self wants more words to describe its experience and so on. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Last week, we talked about what the ego is and is not. Today, we're going to reframe ego as a verb, Now that may sound strange based on the cultural context of ego that we're all familiar with, but I think you'll find ultimately it's the most productive way to approach the transformative process of meditation. If you enjoyed this series and found it was working for you, I encourage you to check out the course from which it was taken. The course is called Meditation for Awakening, and it is a step-by-step instructional course to get you on the right foot with what meditation and also inquiry can do for you. You can find out more at courses.clearandopen.com Meditation for Awakening is one of about a dozen different online courses that I offer and they're very reasonably priced if I do say so myself. I teach a new live course every quarter and right now we're in the midst of a course called Claiming Self-Authority Not too late to join if you'd like to do some catching up But if meditation is your fancy, then I highly recommend the course. We actually had one person awaken amidst the course. So it's not actually beyond the reach of imagination. It's really uh, one of the reasons I wanted to teach that course was because it's it's quite troubling to see once you learn what meditation actually is, to see how many people are meditating in ways that not only will not reach them to awakening, um, but um, prevent them actually quite perpendicularly to get there. And uh, not that there's a there to get to, but that's a longer story than I have. See the course for more. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So we grow up, whether we like it or not, and we learn language, And at some point we learn we have a name. We had a name the whole time, but at a certain point it registers to us and you know, mom or dad says the name and we look over because we realize that's us. That doesn't happen in the beginning with the name, right? I mean, really dogs figure out their name way faster than infants do, don't they? (laughs) Even a three-month-old dog will respond to their name, but not an infant. Because an infinite is so busy being the experience, there's no individual having an experience there. But then we grow up and we develop an ego. And so the way I'm using the word ego here is it is our sense of separate self. It is the mechanism by which we discern separation. Now. Very far downstream from that, you could see that in order to be arrogant, our very colloquial, vague use of the word ego, in order to feel arrogant and or better than someone else, you have to be separate than them. So that makes sense, right? But ego is far bigger than most of us realize. Ego is the governing dynamic by which you make any and every distinction between this or that, between you and someone else, between the food on your fork and the fork, between the plate and the table, between your dog and your cat, all of that is being done by the ego process. So is there anything wrong with that? Well, not so far, right? Because it's really useful knowing the difference between the food on your fork and the fork. I'm so glad I can tell the difference. Have you ever bitten a fork by accident? It's incredibly painful, right? It's awful. You go, man, I'm so glad that doesn't happen very often. Or bitten your finger by mistake when you're eating something. And you go, whoa, I can't believe I chewed that hard. That was a moment where your ego failed for whatever reason. And then you go back to, I better be more careful. This is the finger. That's the food. Got it. That's your ego. But the ego is not a thing. That's another misconception that there is about ego. It's not a thing. It's not like a lung or a spleen or a liver or your finger. You cannot have... Well, let's do an experiment. This is a fun thing I made up recently. So let's take your right index finger and take a look at that. Now we're going to use the five senses. So we're going to draw upon your third grade education here. Do you remember your five senses? We're looking at it. Can you see it in three dimensions? Yep, there it is. Now another sense, you can hear it, listen to it, see if it's telling you anything or making any kind of sound. It appears not to be making any sound, okay? Now taste it. You don't have to. I don't want to impose it. You don't have to do anything I tell you to do. Another good logistic. And it doesn't have much, man. It kind of has a taste, but I couldn't put words on what it is. Uh, You can smell it now that you've tasted it already. It's probably going to have the smell of your saliva, right? Uh, And you can touch it. That's the fifth one, right? Those are the five senses. Passes all five senses, more or less. It didn't sound like anything, but at least you were able to listen to it. Okay. Now, so is the finger real to pass the five senses test? Most good enough, right? The finger is real. Okay. Now, what about you? What about you? Where, where are you? Like, and I mean the sense of you, the sense of you, your personality. Where is the sense you have of you? Is it in your finger? Not usually. Where is the sense of you?
1: If, if I'm not thinking about it, it's right between my eyes right back there. Yeah. If I think about it, that kind of falls apart, but it's that's Wait, where it is when I'm not conscious of it.
0: What do you say about the falling apart thing?
1: If I start to think about that, then it starts to fall apart because I can't find anything there. There's not actually anything there when I try to like examine okay. that. But that's okay my
0: yeah, but I want to make a key distinction here because what I'd say is that's not thinking about it. That's actually looking for it when it falls apart. Okay. So Ben is very, very quick so you got to listen closely to him because he'll say hugely, densely and important information in very small pieces. And that was really important. So we have, now we got to take, thank you, Ben. We'll take a minute to unpack that. So for most people, you experience the sense of you behind your eyes somewhere back here. And that's cool. That's step one. See that that's where the sense of you is. But rather than think about it, like thinking about it, be like, well, this is me. And this is, all, and I, there's this sort of voice in my head. But actually looking, so it's like, okay, the sense is here. Now look, like look in a body kind of sense way. The same way, you know, you can take a breath and you can sense your lungs or you can, you know, um, move your tongue around in your mouth and you can sense that. Sense, try to sense into that you. Look for it, sense it. What you'll probably discover is exactly what Ben said very casually, is it just falls apart the sense of you sort of goes like that. It sort of disintegrates. You don't find it, do you? That's because it's not there. Because it's a set of processes. And so my biggest gripe about the word ego, even though I use it, it's really best to think of it as a verb. To So sometimes to be playful, I'll say egoing but it gets sort of tiresome and on my lips, I guess. Egoic process is another way of thinking about it. But it's if you think about it as a noun, then you might think you can get rid of it. And then it's off to the races. Then you're screwed. You can meditate 50 years trying to get rid of, of that, and you'll never succeed because it doesn't exist. But the process exists. What is the egoic process? It's the unbidden thoughts, the unintended sense of separation. It's the default unexamined sense of separate self. It is You know, in the most plain way of saying it, it is the engine of separation. So it is what allows us to navigate dual reality, duality, uh, where this is an iPhone and this is a water bottle. And I'm so glad I can tell the difference. Otherwise, I might try to drink that and call someone with this. Right? My ego allows me the egoic process allows me to do that it goes this is not a water bottle this is not an iphone check me out couldn't do that as a one-month-old infant watch me make a phone call let's see a baby do that right that's what it allows us to do
1: quick question how do you how do you reconcile that with say an animal's ability to differentiate between two objects do they have an ego
0: that's a killer question I, i don't know but what I would say is if you think of ego as a like continuum,
1: mm.
0: that's how I would look at it. Is it. Like they, they have enough ego dialed up so that they can operate with a certain level of separation, but not enough separation to be able to have self-identified individuated consciousness. I mean, we can see that among humans. We all know adults who are not very self-aware. Right? <laughs> Right. So, even among adult species, it's like, oh, there are some who get their impact on others and can make fine distinctions. And there's lots of places on the scale there. So, like when you see, when you snorkel and you see fish moving as a school, you can sense, like, man, sometimes I've just stopped while swimming for 20 minutes at a time trying to figure out which fish moves first. How are they doing that? And just sense into that. And you can feel. Because you, you can look with your mind to try to find the first fish that moves out of, out of 20 or 50 or whatever, but you can't find it. But if you sense into it, you can sense, oh, there's a group intelligence, there's a group connection that, you know, lots of species have birds and horses and whatnot. They connect more naturally and humans are way worse at that. It doesn't just naturally happen. But a fish also has a sense of individuation too, because when, you know, when it's chased by something, it doesn't wait for the whole group to move. It's probably going to get out of the way, even if it's alone. So there's sort of a continuum there, which is really a useful thing to think about because you don't want to get rid of ego. Good news, you can't even if you try. But ego is not for getting rid of, and that's certainly not the point of meditation. The problem. That ego does pose for us, though, is when we over identify with it. That is, when we think that the separate self and the sense of separation, sense of individuation, is the only way to experience reality. That's the problem. That's the problem. Depending on how you think about it, it's either a half or a third of the way of of experiencing reality for sake of simplicity we'll say it's half there's duality this is not that and the non-duality which nothing can be said about (laughs) (laughs) because the minute you say something about it that's not it um but not perhaps particularly useful at this moment um I don't know. Do I want to talk, do I want to take on non-duality in the last
2: 15 minutes? I wanted to go back to what Ben was saying about the dog and a dog differentiating, because I think it comes back to our ego that we think we're so good that we've trained this dog to differentiate. And I think the dog's really not doing it you know, we've put our scent on it and told them what to play with and we call it what we want to call it. But, you know, my dog will get anything, whether it's a stick, a ball or a rock, no matter what I call it. So I, I'm confused about how that went through what Ben was asking and how you took it through because I I think it's putting our ego on the pets.
0: Well, certainly certainly we do. uh, Sorry, uh go ahead, Ben.
1: Oh, I was just going to say I could I could just extend it. it. It wasn't about pets. It's just animals in general. Mm-hmm. Dogs, uh, animals in the wild have to differentiate between food they can eat and food that'll poison them. Yeah. But okay, they have a, a secondary reflection, but they still have enough of an ego to make that difference, and that they know that this is not that. They may not know that they're separate from their group of other of other wolves or whatnot, mm-hmm. but they definitely know that the rabbit is food. And the piece of wood is just for playing or whatever.
2: And- <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. funny that just because there's a lot of studies in in, in the idea of self identification of animals, and uh, that's 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 a very interesting point, Catherine, because the dog might itself know that he is himself for itself uh, for those practical things, just like we do. The problem is is that we probably try to put our ego into their ideas of what being a dog is and what being a dog should be. Yeah. So with, with human beings as well. I mean, my ego is that Joseph should be in a certain way. And that's, that's probably the whole point of meditation. If I'm not
0: that off. It's, it's in the neighborhood. And look, at remember Coco, the gorilla, right? He had a name and self-identified. So he was, a, he was taught language, which is still like every once in a while, blows my mind, We taught sign language to a gorilla. It's incredible to think that. And so was the sense of self prior to the language we gave Coco? You know, you can think about these things forever and arrive at no realization. It's definitely interesting to think about. But I agree, Catherine, what you brought. We definitely in part project our sense of separation onto animals. Uh, Because, and I would say in part, because we, for the most part, have very little idea what it's like to be so
1: unindividuated. I wonder if we can even become individuated as we experience it without language. I'm pretty sure that that's a a prerequisite for that anyway. So you can't get away from that. In the gorilla experiment, you can't get away from language because that's our entire context for even having a relationship with ourselves or anyone else.
0: Yeah, it very much is. And so there's no accident that it's as we learn language as a children, as children, that's when ego is developing. And I'd say it probably works in this kind of infinity circle. There's language and then a sense of self, and then the sense of self wants more words to describe its experience and so on. It goes in a circle
2: like that. It's, it's funny that you brought the idea of, of language as uh I come from Brazil, so so my mother tongue is Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and language is basically one of our conditionings, if you want to call it, in some sense, because we can't function in society if we don't agree what a word that I'm saying to you has a certain meaning that you understand as the same meaning I want to talk. Yeah. it's 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 funny, but then you go to Portuguese and that doesn't make sense at all.
1: <laughs> exactly,
2: yeah. How do you you deal with the fact
1: that dogs can sense good or bad in people? Or like Coco knew that Fred Rogers was good (laughs) and, and related to him without speaking.
0: Have you ever walked into a restaurant and just had the sense that you were in the wrong place? But didn't know why? Couldn't point to what it was? Just knew, or whoever met a person in the first couple of minutes, you just knew this person was not to be trusted. And it was nothing they said or did that gave you that information. Some, there's some, how do we know what we know? That's a whole, uh, that's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily require individuation, right? Because we can just get a sense that the experience washes over us and we just go, uh, you don't, you don't have to have the, um, the language for bad to want to turn around and run, (laughs) right? It's useful to be like, okay, I'm wanting to turn around and run right now. I wonder what that is. In some cases, that could be a problem because you really just should have turned around and run. But in other places, it might be, you know, in the grocery store, maybe not a good idea to turn around Who knows? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place.